Buongiorno, hail to the king. Buongiorno, what's up, man? Ladies and gentlemen, we need to talk about something. About the tweaks and turns life takes while we're trying to accomplish our goals. About not just putting a ball through the hoop, but doing so while growing both as an, as an individual and as a professional. Welcome to Something Basketball, your English spoken basketball podcast straight out of Germany. I'm your host JB, and today we'll put on our cleanest sneakers and best dresses just because we're down with the king. To many people, this might sound like a picture-perfect career path. You attend school, go to college, meet the love of your life, sign your very first pro contract, travel the world, become a parent, and much more. Now let's assume that very scenario for a basketball player who might be moving from city to city, from country to country every other summer. It makes a huge difference if you're making decisions just not for yourself or maybe for an, for an entire household. That's why I reached out to Julian Gamble, now with Segafredo Virtus Bologna, in his overall seventh season as a pro. The left-handed big man has played in France, Belgium, Germany and now Italy. Gamble has seen various teammates come and go, become close friends and mentors, while establishing his reputation as a leader on and off the floor. Gamble is one of those individuals who walk the earth with open ears and eyes, willing to ask questions and give honest answers when being reached out to. The 30-year-old sat in many locker rooms with different guys from all over the world, himself being an open-minded American who exactly knows that the old world has its own rules and mechanisms. Good enough for me to make the call to Bologna to pick his brain. As always, we stuck to the something basketball credo, exchanging the good old triple threat position, shoot, pass and dribble, for, in his case, scouting, parenthood and diversity. It's the Something Basketball Podcast with the one and only, the King, Julian Gamble. Welcome, sir. Thank you, thank you. Good to be here. Um, as we have the approach to talk about basketball in general and, and how people hopefully understand what is living like and living in Europe like uh, as a basketball player and, and you being a father as well. Um, so, I mean, you have two sons now. Uh, you got mm -hmm. a lovely wife. You are a basketball mm -hmm. pro as well. Um, can you even remember what it's been like back in the days being maybe single or just with your wife without the kids and being a pro? And how did things change for you once Jay came into your life? Well, that was um, my first season. The uh, L'Oreal and I were just dating. Uh, we weren't married yet. Um, didn't have any kids, of course. And... I mean, it's just kind of basketball. It's only basketball. You know, you're keeping track of your family and stuff back home and you're talking to your friends. But, you know, I think this was going into my third season um, when I was in Belgium and we had got engaged and Lori actually had got pregnant around the same time and had JC on our first son a couple of months, two months before we got married. So at that point, it just kind of, you know, it took on a new life and a new purpose and a, a new way of living. 
you know, obviously taking care of this this little baby and having a family and being married. And, you know, for me, it's just a greater purpose. Uh, it, it brought a greater purpose to my game. And just knowing that I'm not just playing for myself, I'm not just representing myself. I'm always representing my friends and my family wherever I go. But now added on to that, I'm representing my own family. And I have a son, you know, just coming into the world and I have to I have to show who I am. I have to show what I am and my purpose as a father and as a husband and what I want him to grow up and be and, and how to represent himself and how we represent ourselves, both L'Oreal and I. So that's been a, a beautiful process for me. Um, it's, it's definitely brought me into a, a place where, you know, I love the game and basketball has done a great deal for us, but really having that unconditional love, you know, win, lose, or draw, great game or terrible game. You know, when you come home and, and you see that family and you see the smile on your kids' faces and your wife's face as soon as you come in the door, it, it kind of makes everything okay, no matter the circumstance. Yeah. Talk about that nine-month process of her being pregnant um, before giving birth to, to Jason. Um, what did that, talk about that, that process of um, you know, from from partner to father, if you will, um, what did this do to you personally? And and have there been any any worries or fear or, or doubts possibly that you had? Um, you know, talk about that that transformation of, of yours, especially when I talk when, because you know, it's it's a different situation. You are you have to take care of the, the whole family now and. Uh, talk about this very very process. Maybe if you if you if you had any worries back then. Yeah. So for people that don't know, uh, L'Oreal played professional basketball for three years uh, before we got married, and her plan also was during this time when I was in Belgium to play professionally either in Israel or in Belgium. Um, we weren't planning on her getting pregnant when she did. And once she found out and came over to Brussels, we actually found her a coaching job where she was coaching the university women's team in Brussels. So this kind of even, you know, still gave basketball a, a meaning and a purpose to everything that we were doing over there because she has a, a women's team that she's coaching and I'm playing. So all of that in the process of, of while she's being pregnant and, you know, just watching her grow and really learning about the different stages and, It's a, it was a huge learning process for me, for, for both of us. Yeah. And, you know, what it takes to month by month, week by week, you know, the way that babies are growing and, you know, just preparing for the birthing process. But at the time, you know, referred to, you know, just kind of thinking about the family process and, and the future as you just try to prepare yourself, you know, as much as possible, read as much as you can, do research, you know, get advice from other parents, Because everybody wants to give you advice once you have a child. Whether, But, uh, whether you're asking or not, right? Oh, absolutely. I mean, the, the, the only advice that I give people is whatever you and your wife or counterpart decide to do, just stick to it. Whatever you do when it comes to your children, it's going to work if you're committed to it. There's no right or wrong way to raise your children. And every baby is different. I mean, I even see that now with having two children, how different. Uh, both of my son's infant stage was. So there's not a right or wrong. I mean, even when it comes to the sizes of baby clothes, like I can't, I don't understand how you can make something six to 12 months where my son is now 
not even 11 months, and he's wearing 12 to 18 month clothes. Right. Yeah, yeah. You're absolutely right with this one. Um, well, when we talk about, um, you know, advice, um, has there any, or what, what's been the, the most precious piece of advice that was given to you from somebody within the basketball circles? Because I believe that, that somebody who's outside the basketball circles may possibly not have that good of a feel for your very specific pers uh, situation because living a basketball pro's life is somewhat different from, you know, quote-unquote regular people, if you will. Yeah, so um, I don't think it was a, a specific piece of advice, but I think a, a family that we grew very close to were the Mayo family. Uh, Josh and his wife Misha and at the time his daughter Maya uh, we were all in bond together and we spent two seasons together and you know we just kind of supported and mentored each other and all of these you know different and same experiences that you have with your children the differences between raising a boy and a girl and you know just kind of knowing how to adjust and how to make schedules and having that support you know For me and talking to Josh as a, a older guy, you know, they've been married a little bit longer and another husband that I'm talking to. And then L'Oreal, we're talking to his wife, Misha, about, you know, things and experiences they might be going through at the time, I think was invaluable for us. Because when we first landed in Germany, uh, JCI was four months old and we were brand new parents in a, in a new country. And I think maybe a week after we arrived in Germany, I left to go to training camp. So now it's L'Oreal and JCON in a completely new country, a place that we're not familiar with, and just having to learn on the fly, learn on the fly. So I think some of the people that we had surrounding us have been invaluable to our growth. And even now, I mean, through our time in Germany, we've met so many people that are now parents, and it's just kind of builds a community and parents supporting each other and asking about these different experiences And, you know, taking little bits and pieces from, from each person and seeing what's going to work for your family. Right. Um, now that you mentioned it, leaving for training camp uh, at the time, leaving, leaving your wife and the four-month-old uh, baby at home, what did you learn about your wife during that span of time? Uh, I just learned that she, has a, she possesses a strength that I could never possess and a will, you know, just to, to keep going no matter what. She's going to make sure that everything is okay. She's going to make sure that the baby is good, you know, even when she's exhausted. And I knew that she always had this in her, but actually seeing it, it's just something that any mother can attest to when it comes to their child. They're going to make sure that their child is good. And as a father for me, I just felt terrible being away, and I knew there was nothing I can do, and I only want to help. And I only want to help her be able to get some rest and, you know, help her with the baby. But I have a job to do and I have to go out and do my job. But even to this day, I don't like traveling because I don't like being away from my family. But, you know, it's all a part of the process and you kind of take it for what it is. And at the time while you're traveling, try to see these different places and enjoy these different cultures and experiences that you have. So you have memories to bring back so you can talk to your family about that and maybe even travel to some of these places one day. Is it is it really as simple as this that you gotta take it as what it is? I mean, especially when we talk about the uh, maybe signing with the new club or being on the road for a couple of days or maybe even a week or two. Um, 
and then coming back and sharing those experiences with your family? Is it really as simple as it sounds? It is and it isn't. I mean, just because at the end of the day, as much as you want to change it, it, it doesn't change. You know, this is the game and this is what we have to do. But, you know, as a, a family man and really wanting to help and be around my family and never miss any little experience, it makes it difficult. It's it's extremely difficult. But, you know, when it's time to get on the court, you have to focus for this, you know, practice or the shoot around or this game to give your absolute best so that at the end of the day, the reason why you're gone isn't in vain. And you're you're doing your absolute best and you're putting your best foot forward and trying to put your family in the absolute best position, you know, for years down the line to create your own job security and knowing that maybe a place that you're playing is going to want you back or you're going to be able to stay in a, a nice country in a big city and you're going to have a lot of resources like all of that stuff goes into the way you play the game. Yeah. Um, you talked already touched on uh, coming into bond. As a as a three, um, back mm -hmm. in the days from Bonn you went on to to Villarban, then signed mm -hmm. with Monterre and now with uh, Virtus Bologna. Um, talk about how did signing a new contract change for you, or what what did change um, now that you are a family? Is it talk about the the, the process of the decision making? Is it just uh, do you do that all by yourself, or is it a a family council, if you will, or Talk about this now that you have to, you know, you, you got a wife and two kids now. Um, how does that factor in um, by making a decision over the summer? Oh, I mean, it's absolutely a family decision. Uh, some of those decisions don't come very easy. Um, I think when it comes to selecting the place that you're going to play and you have a family, you're thinking about that job security. And this is a, a, a big reason why I stayed in bond after my first season and I resigned. And although I didn't stay in non-tier for more than one year, signing a two-year deal here was very important, knowing that we have a family and we're going to have a little bit of stability and we don't have to worry about getting up and moving. And, you know, the way that this experience has gone, being in this city around, you know, this team, this coaches, these organizations, it definitely, you know, gives me hope that I want to do my absolute best to even be able to possibly finish my career here. Yeah. Do you feel like um, it, it limits your your opportunities ha having a family, or is this is this not as big of a factor? No, I don't. I don't think it limits your opportunities. I think you know as you continue to progress in the game and your goal, you know you have to make your priorities at the beginning of your career. Do you want to play? try to make as much money as possible or do you want to try to play at the highest level possible for me it's you know really been about the competition uh playing in a a nice city you know where it's not too difficult to live and you can get around and you can kind of figure some things out so you know those things kind of go hand in hand um as you ascend in levels you you get to go to places where you have you know better resources in bigger cities and you know even with this It's just a commitment. I mean, it's not just a commitment for you. It's a commitment for your entire family. And you have to kind of lay that foundation even before you get there, asking about schools, asking about pediatricians, you know, asking about what the city has to offer in terms of entertainment, not only for you, but for your children. Like, this is all things that you take into consideration. And I do a lot of that research on my own. I mean, my, my agency, uh, Octagon Europe, is great when it comes to that and putting guys in, in situations where they're going to do their absolute best. 
but you know, it's better just to do it yourself. Ask people that have been there, ask people that have played there, what they think about the city, you know, what you should see, what, what types of things you should explore. And, you know, when it comes to this, it's, you're, you're getting a different type of information. You're not just saying, uh, Virtus Bologna and the amount of money that you're making. And this is, you're playing Euro cup and you're playing Italian league. Like there's so much more information outside of that, that you can gather that is going to really, really make your experience that much better. And you have to commit to that because it helps make the transition for your family easier too. Yeah. Now that that's a question that I almost ask every foreign player who's who's playing in in Europe, especially when when we talk about uh, guys from from the U.S. coming in. How long would you say did it take you to figure out how the whole Euro thing works? Who are the people to reach out for and and to to really get a feel for you know? what league works in what way and what are the top teams and what are maybe the, the, the no-goes no in, in this regard. Um, you know, give, give, me, give, give me an example or give me a feel for, for how long did it take uh, for you to, to figure out the, the whole Euro process. So I, I, you know, figured it out year by year. And even still to this day, I'm learning because every year you meet new people, they have new experiences and, you make new connections. Uh, for me in my rookie season, I had uh, two guys that I still talk to to this day, uh, Jared Newsom and Jason Forte, uh, two over 10-year veterans overseas, and they had been, you know, everywhere and played at every level. So just kind of sitting and, and those guys really mentoring me on how the game is and not just from on the court but off the court, you know, the different levels, the Euro League, the Euro Cup, and, You know, at the time I'm playing in second league France and I have these huge aspirations and ambitions for my career. But you have to start, you know, first things are first and you have to take it a day at a time and take each experience and, and add that to your story. And if you can be around some veteran guys like this that are really taking a, a, a effort and really being intentional about mentoring you. I mean, that was huge for me. So I think even early on, having those two guys in my corner, and like I said, still to this day, I'm, I'm talking to them about anything that I may think about or I see uh, it's been great for my career. And I try to do that for other people. I mean, I, I, I definitely want to be a mentor for, for younger guys coming into this game and things you have to do and how to be a professional, not only on the court, but off the court, and just really kind of assimilating yourself into the culture of the European game, because once you learn it and, and you're able to play it well, it's, it's a beautiful thing to be a part of. And this is a, a, a way that you can create job security for yourself. Absolutely. Um, and I feel that, that you're one of the more outspoken persons when it comes to, you know, you know, mentoring or, or sharing advice or sharing your views on, on, on things um, that you experience over the, over the years. Um, my personal feeling is that, especially when we talk about U.S. players that played in college, that the whole NCAA thing is a huge network uh, for itself. And everybody knows somebody who played somewhere and who's now overseas and so on and so on. Um, how, how much is the whole NCAA thing uh, really helpful when it comes to new guys coming over or um you know switching teams over over the summer is is this really as as huge as i 
as I think it is, or what's your perception of this? Um, I I don't think it's it's that big. I mean, obviously, when it comes to like the school you graduated from, like University of Miami, for me, um, I had a couple of guys that were already playing pro overseas, so I would ask them a question or two. But I think it kind of just goes to the where you went to school, where your university was, you can get a lot of knowledge from those guys, you know, if you're able to reach out to them and you can ask them questions and everything like that. But the NCAA as a whole, I mean, you kind of have to get over here and explore it. And and some of the top players in all of Europe came from schools that, you know, a lot of people might not know about or even know where they are. So it's a lot of extremely talented guys that don't go to high division one schools and come out here and make a, 10, 15 year career for themselves and, and win championships all over the place. I mean, you think about even a guy like Kyle Hines, who is a legend in Europe, and he went to UNC uh, Greensboro in North Carolina. And this is a respected Division One school, but this isn't an ACC school. You have, you know, University of North Carolina, Duke, NC State, Wake Forest, all in that same exact state. And here's this guy that excelled at that level and then came out to the Europe and excelled at the very highest level his entire career since he's been out here. So it's not a, a situation where you can say, you know, guys from the NCAA as a whole are out here looking out for each other because in that regard, it's just way too many guys and it's not a community or any certain thing that connects everyone. Okay. But when you go from, when you go from place to place, you're talking to people, you're meeting people, you network with people and that's how you build your, your information highway, if you will where you can talk to this guy because you know this guy played here or he knows someone that played here. Like at this point, I feel like I either know someone that played somewhere or I know someone that knows someone that's played almost everywhere in Europe. Yeah. Yeah, it's the, the uh, you know, everybody's connected by, what's the saying? Everybody's connected by by, by two. Yeah, two it's like the six, the six degrees of separation, right. something like this. But even in basketball, it's probably three. I think it's like it's yeah, a, absolutely. Yeah, it's a it's a small world. So it's a it's a small community, especially when you talk about the the American guys that are coming over here, and the more of them that you can connect with and kind of build a fellowship with, the better I think it is for for your career when it comes to these information types of things and learning about other guys and their stories and and really kind of figuring out and seeing that a lot of people are going through some of those same experiences and you have, you know, somebody that you're sharing these experiences with. Yeah. Um, so, so what, what's it take on, um, you know, not just the, the U S network, but when it comes to the, the Euro legends, I mean, you already touched this per, uh, per, uh, a guy like, uh, Kyle Heinz, who's mm -hmm. a U.S. guy, but is a Euro legend, if you will. But right. let's talk about the, the real European legends. Um, and I remember a guy signing with uh, Virtus Bologna over the summer that everybody went crazy about in, in, in all over Europe. I mean, right. we are talking about uh, your, your very first point guard, uh, Milos Teodosic, yeah. um, who, I mean, who played a couple seasons in, in, in the NBA, but was uh, injured most of the time, I believe, came back. Um, so everybody went super crazy about him signing with Bologna. Um, mm -hmm. How did how did you get to know him him signing there, and and what did this do to you? And did you did you know of the you know the the, the, the amount of of crazy of of craze that would uh, create? 
Oh, absolutely. I had saw some rumors, but I think at the time that he signed, I found out the same way everybody else found out. Um, I knew it had a lot to do with his relationship with our coach, who is also in his own right a European legend, you know, both from the coaching and playing standpoint. But, you know, having a guy like Milos on the team is definitely creates huge excitement and big expectations and ambitions for your team. And even signing another uh, European legend, in my opinion, Stefan Markovic, who's the all-time leading assist guy in EuroCup history and I think all-time leading steals guy in EuroCup history. Like, having these two guys as your point guards has been amazing for me. Uh, you know, the way that they both see the game and read the game. And and for Teodosis, like, he just – he's seeing things two, three steps ahead. And, you know, he's making reads and, you know, just talking to, to me as a big and, and all of us about, you know, positioning and just running and – you know, what we need to do to win championships and continue to work hard every single day and spending time with not just those two, but all of the guys off the court has been great. I think a thing that's rare about our team is the great chemistry that we have off the court. We have a lot of fun together, but we have an extremely talented group that's ambitious and we want to make some big things happen. So uh, with the just the excitement that he created and we kind of you know, took it for what it was. And we know we would have a big target on our back because of that, but it just made us work even harder. Yeah. Would you say that um, educating oneself and, and getting a, a feeling for who are the, you know, the, the, the top Europeans uh, that are playing all over, the, all over the country and all over the continent is, is essential to having a lasting career as an, as an international player? Yeah, to a degree. I mean, you definitely want to know when you go from country to country, you know, who the guys are, you know, especially when it comes to these these veteran guys that have been playing for 10, 15 years. You know, the European guys have a, a, a chance to really get a jump start on their career when they don't go to the States to go to university and they have been playing pro since they were 18, 17 years old. Right. So when they continue to build that experience over a amount of time, I mean, you have to know who these guys are. And if you have a chance to play with them, really talk to them and learn from them about the European game, because it's not the same as, as the college game or even the NBA. Uh, it's a different way that you have to play. And it's a different way that you have to master that. So if you can get around one of those guys and really pick their brain on, you know, how they've been able to have success over a decade in some cases and even longer, you know, I think that's great for, for us as foreign guys to be able to uh, to take into our own game. How, how do you approach somebody like this? I mean, is it like that, that you sit down after a game or after practice and inside the locker room and, and just talk about basketball? Or what's the what's the approach when it comes to, to picking, uh, you know, your point guard's brain? Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll ask uh, Milo's questions sometimes, you know, just about little random stuff. But, you know, he... He, like everybody else, when we're all sitting around, we're all telling stories about our different basketball experiences. And, you know, he's he's giving knowledge this way. And, you know, most of the time it's not directed because obviously we spend a lot of time together when we're practicing and we're traveling and we're at games and stuff. So over a amount of time, you really get to know someone. And, and as you continue to watch them work and, and their habits and their work ethic and their attitude, this is, I think, the best ways to learn about someone And, you know, just learning about uh, Milos as long as with, with my other teammates, you know, just seeing everybody's attitude towards winning 
and everybody's work ethic towards, you know, trying to stay disciplined and, and get better in their craft every single day. And the way the p- coach pushes us to do that, I think has been, been great for me. Yeah. Um, would you say that there's something that, um, that helped you reach new heights when it comes to, to your personal skill set or your personal basketball repertoire being, being in Bologna now for, let's say, half a year? Um, just for me, you know, continuing to, to work as hard as possible. I think over the years, you know, I've I've been able to improve small details in my game, but really just to be a, a guy that's controlling the paint on both ends, being able to block shots and rebound and being able to really finish. Uh, the thing that's been very different this year is I've been able to get a lot more easy baskets, you know, just by doing my job. And uh, Milos and Stefan are going to find me in my spots. I don't have to worry about that. I don't have to worry about banging and trying to catch the ball back to the basket off the block to get a basket. If I just set a good screen and I roll as fast as I can or I seal my guy, my teammates are going to find me. And when I'm double teamed or I'm not able to shoot, I'm going to find them. Yeah. So that trust that we have and that balance, it just makes it easy to play. It's a it's an easy, beautiful game when everybody's touching the ball and the ball is moving, and it makes it also very, very difficult to defend. Right. So, uh, so what about your right hand? I I remember a couple of years ago you told me, yeah, I want to get, you know, I gotta want to have my my right hand fixed, if you will. Uh, so, so you're telling me you don't, you don't need this anymore because. The, the point guard is always finding you on the spot and you're finishing with the, the strong end or what, what about well, this? Well, yeah, I mean, I definitely, you know, still work on it. I work on it every single day, but a lot of my baskets aren't just coming off of uh, straight up post touches. You know, if I, I see an opportunity to be able to shoot with the, the right hand and score a basket, I will. But, you know, my focus, especially in the, the spots where they're finding me, if I have an opportunity to dunk it, I will. And if I can get to my strong hand, of course, that's, you know, my second option. So, you know, just doing that. But at the same time, like I said, I'm continuing to work. I'm continuing to work on that. And uh, another area that I need to continue to improve in is just shooting free throws. So working day by day and, and, and really being disciplined to that. And when the game comes, having trust that you know what you've done and the work that you've done and, and be able to produce when the time comes. Yeah. Um, as you already mentioned, uh, you got guys from Serbia on the roster. You got... You know, obviously, guys from Italy on the roster. You got an Estonian guy on the roster. Uh, all the U.S. guys on the roster. Let's let's talk about diversity. How much of a gift is it to to work in an environment, um, you know, with so many people from all those different countries? And and what are would you say, what are the 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 biggest challenges working in this very environment? Uh, I mean, it's a beautiful experience, in my opinion. Uh, Not And not in many professions or, or many sports, you're able to play with, you know, guys from so many different countries and come together for a common goal. And everybody knows how to play this game. So it just, in my opinion, shows the, the beauty of the game of basketball and sports in general, how it brings people together from, from all walks of life that are in for a common goal and want to work together as a team. Um, just for the challenges, I mean, if you're in a situation where maybe your coach isn't coaching in English, which is what I dealt with in Nantier, and we had a coach translating for us, but because I had spent time in, in some French-speaking countries, I could understand majority of what he was saying in French. And anybody that knows when you translate from one language to another, it doesn't always translate. 
So there's a, a bigger chance for miscommunication. But here, there's there's really no chance for that because, you know, everybody speaks English and even our coach speaks four different languages. He speaks the language of every single uh, nationality that we have on the team. So we have good communication when it comes to that. Yeah. Um, so so is there is there any or are there any no-goes when it comes to whether it's a bus ride or sitting in the locker room or are there any topics you guys don't want to touch because no I mean, whether, I mean when you're sitting down with friends uh you know from personal experience i know it's sometimes hard to talk about money it's sometimes hard about uh to, sometimes hard to talk about uh, politics um and speaking about the latter i know that that you're one who's very openly spoken uh and and, and you know very open about you know speaking about your uh, your political experience and, and your thoughts on, on what's going on out there in the world. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we talk about everything. Nothing's off limits. That's just how it is with a team. I mean, you spend so much time with your teammates that you really build a brotherhood and it's like a family. I mean, we talk about politics. We talk about money. I mean, we talk about sports, obviously, down to who won the, the, the last football games and, you know, what's your favorite movie? Have you seen this movie? Like there's, you know, no topic really that, that we're not touching at some point, you know, during the season, just because, like I said before, we spend so much time together. So you can't always talk about the same things. But again, like I said uh, earlier, this is a way that you you can learn about guys and you can learn different things. And when it comes to people's political views and financial strategies on how to save money and, you know, things that the guys are really good at. And if you're open minded, you can really learn some things by, by just listening to these conversations. Do you feel it ever um, backlashed on you to being that open of a guy? To being that open? No, no, no. I mean, never. Just because you are who you are. I mean, for me, uh, I'm I'm comfortable in who I am, and and I don't mind sharing that, especially when I'm in a uh, an environment where I feel like that I'm around family. That you know, I really give my my all to my team, uh, on and off the court. You know, if any of my teammates ever needed me. I want to be the first guy that they call and I'm going to be the first guy to, to make a move and, and get to where they need me to be or do what they need me to do. And I think that's somewhat of a reputation I've built over the years uh, and the amount of teammates that I still keep in contact with that I used to play with that I don't play with anymore. Okay. Well, last question in this regard was, is, where, where does that come from um, for you when it comes to, to, to that very nature? Um, is that something that were you raised like this or did you just um you know at some point figure out or, or realize for yourself hey that that's the way i i handle things best or that's just the way it works for me or that that's just the way i am where does that come from so when i was young i moved around a lot and i was going from school to school so it was very difficult for me to be shy you know i always had to make new friends and and kind of show who I was in different situations and in order to fit in, if you will, in a situation and, you know, kind of take your place. So, you know, just from this and, and over the years, you know, just being a guy that I consider myself friendly and, you know, wanting to network with guys and really talk to other guys about their different experiences and really having a respect for everyone's opinion. Uh, you know, this is a, a big piece of, of conversation. And also just kind of having empathy. And even if you haven't been in the situation, 
you know, kind of placing yourself in that situation and why someone would feel the way that they feel about something. And I think empathy goes a, a long way, you know, not just with any conversation, but when it comes to resolving any type of issue or, or when it comes to how reliable you are, when people really feel like you can put their self, put yourself in their position, they're much, much more uh, willing to kind of open up to you and, and you open up to them. So it's kind of a two way street. Yeah, yeah, it is. But somebody got to make the, the first step. In, in this. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's, it's um, something that something like this is rare. I truly believe yeah. in, in nowadays many people are, you know, one person companies, if you will. You know, yeah, I mean, I, gotta, I want to make the most money. I want to be the, the leading scorer. I want to be the, the lead singer of the band. Uh, you know, I want to be the, the man. Um, yeah. Of, of, you know, just say hey, we're all sitting in the same boat and we got to row into the same direction in order to, right. to be successful all the way. Yeah, I mean, for me. You know, I've always been a natural leader, but it's never been about, you know, being the man or not wanting someone else to succeed that's beside me. I want everybody around me or anybody that I know be the best version of themselves. And I'm going to try to be the best version of myself, but I'm always going to speak, you know, confidence and power into people to, to believe in themselves and to do the absolute most that they can do with what they have. Um, for me, it's not about there's no competition or, or anything like that, because everyone has their goals, but everybody's path is different. So you can't compare yourself to the next person. All you can be, like I said, is the best version of yourself. And just with that, you know, that focus and being that genuine with people and not, you know, kind of looking over your shoulder or having an ulterior motive, I think people really feel that. And it's something that they can uh, appreciate. And that's a, a way that, that I'm able to build these relationships and have these long lasting relationships and people that just want to be around our family in general is that they feel our genuine vibe and our genuine love, you know, from the very beginning, uh, from the first time that we meet them. Right. Very last question to come uh, full circle here. Uh, when, we, when you say, hey, everyone's path is, is different. Um, you're now on, you know, almost on the verge of becoming a vet, becoming a, a one of those guys, uh, you know, who, who people get in touch with in order to get advice instead of uh, reaching out to, to get uh, to, to to get some advice. Um, where where's your path leading to in in the next couple couple of years, or is this something you personally say from the experiences that I made over the last years? This is This is something I don't I don't want to think about. All, all I know is, say, I'm in Bologna right now. I'm here for the next two years, and, and whatever happens next will will happen happen next. Yeah, I mean, obviously, you want to live in a moment. Just I think doing that is a, a good way of helping you to the, enjoy the experience. But of course, you know, everyone thinks about their future. Uh, God willing, I can continue to play and you know play as long as as I possibly can. Maybe that's in Bologna. I, I hope that is the case. I mean, I, I really enjoy this experience. My family really loves it here. You know, we like the fans. We like the organization. Like, everything's been good. But, again, just taking it a day at a time, uh, just being myself, you know, continue to be a leader on and off the court, continuing to work as hard as possible and, you know, to go out there and help us win games. But, again, like you said, just to to be a veteran guy, Um no matter how many years I play, I'll still ask people for advice. 
because I, like I said, I'm very open-minded and I want to take other people's story and experience and, and merge that into mine and maybe even potentially help someone else with that same experience. So using their, their knowledge and passing down the knowledge that I received, not only from my own experiences, but from other people's to, to the younger guys so that they can be a, a step ahead and they can, you know, come out here and have major success have even more success than I was able ever able to have the opportunity to have is is a great goal for me and it's something I will see great satisfaction in you know continuing to play and be the best version of myself like I said before but also helping guys reach that same goal for themselves Closing this one out. Grazie mille to Julian Gamble for making this for making this interview possible on a rare off day morning. Plus, a very special shout out goes to his wife L'Oreal Gamble, not just for her trying to improve Julian's outside shooting, but for her being the backbone of the family and a wonderful human being. As a listener, feel free to follow Something Basketball on Instagram at Something Basketball and leave some feedback on whatever platform you've been listening to this episode or give us a 5-star rating to help this fine podcast grow. Until then, substitution, I'm out.